To the ether. Today is Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. Today on the ether, roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. Today, focusing on tone and mood. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello. This is Roving with Rihanna. Hello, Tara Spaces. I'm so glad you're here. I see Epic Dylan joining in. Hello, Epic Dylan. It's so nice to see you today. I'm going to send you an invite to speak so that we can talk. Oh, odd writings. Hello, hello. I'm going to send you an invite to speak as well. So welcome, welcome, everyone. I am going to um, kind of be mellow for a little bit here and wait for the room to fill up. And this let everybody kind of trickle in trickle in here a little bit and then we'll go ahead and get started get started hello dylan how are you doing well you know living the dream i'm out here in west texas and it, it's a windy one again and so i looked at the the weather app on my phone to see <laughs> uh, when the wind would die down so i could go be active outside and it's like supposed to blow all the way until like the same time tomorrow <laughs> so i just kind of looked at that and i was like Ugh. oh no well jumping jacks it is then i guess <laughs> yeah i guess we'll have to figure something out i think i may go over to the little gym and maybe hit up the treadmill or something i, I just know i have to get some kind of exercise today right 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 well how are you? Hi, I'm great. I'm great. I've been having lots of good spaces this morning, lots of talking about Paige Dow and lots of fun things. So I'm I'm excited about it. Odd writings. Hello, hello. How are you today? I'm doing fine. You doing all right? I am. <laughs> I am, I am. Yeah. So I think that we will go ahead and just get going here. So I want to introduce myself a little bit, introduce the space, and then talk about tone and mood. And then I want to, of course, pull everybody up on stage and you can read poetry, talk about your work and talk about how you use tone and mood in your writing. And it's an automatic thing. Tone and mood is an automatic thing that's created the moment you write a word. So it's really sort of a thrilling thing. Um, but so first of all, hello, welcome to Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. I'm Rihanna. I'm so glad that you're here. I, and I can't wait to talk about writing with you. First, I thought I'd give a bit of a background to who I am. I began my professional career as a writer and a teacher. For many years, I taught English and writing. At one point, I was a professor who taught English teachers how to be English teachers. My goal by presenting Roving with Rihanna, The Craft of Writing, is to discuss writing techniques and strategies with other writers, you guys. And 
I'm always learning new techniques and strategies as I study the craft of writing, and I'm sure you are too. And I just want to get together and talk about what you know and share what I know. And we sort of build this lovely place where we can talk about writing and share with each other and learn with each other. Today, we're going to be looking at two literary elements together, tone and mood, and how they appear in literature, namely poetry. And because I think poetry is a great place to start when you're thinking about these literary devices, and then you can pull them into novel writing, you can pull them into nonfiction, you can pull them into article writing. There's so many, so many places that these literary elements can take place. So first of all, Tone refers to the attitude or emotion that the writer conveys through their writing. And that seems like kind of an arbitrary sort of definition, but we will definitely talk about what that is. And I have lots of examples. And so mood refers to the emotional atmosphere that the writer creates for the reader. And so tone is sort of the author's attitude towards what is being written. And the mood is how the reader feels by experiencing, by experiencing what the writer is writing. So in literature, tone and mood are two very important literary devices that can significantly impact the overall meaning and effectiveness of a piece of writing. So let's focus on tone a little bit. Like I said, tone refers to an attitude or emotion that the writer conveys through their writing. It's often conveyed through the writer's choice of words or sentence structure or overall writing style. For example, a writer may use a sarcastic tone to convey disapproval of a particular situation or a humorous tone to lighten the mood of a piece. The tone can change throughout a piece of writing depending on the writer's intentions. Tone can have a significant impact on the reader's interpretation of a piece of writing. It can influence how the reader feels about the subject matter, which is where mood comes in. Writer can use a lighthearted tone to discuss the same event or can use a frustrated tone to discuss the same event and then the reader picks up a different message. Now with mood itself, mood, like I said, refers to the emotional atmosphere that the writer creates for the reader. And so this is all coming from the place of the reader and how the reader feels. It is a feeling that the reader experiences while reading the piece. Mood is often created through a combination of tone, setting, imagery. For example, a writer may use a dark or foreboding setting combined with descriptions of gloomy weather to create a mood of sadness and despair. And so if you were with me when we talked about personification, that piece is the pathetic fallacy where the internal feelings of a character is mirrored by the external forces. And so Dylan, you were just talking about how it's windy where you are. And so if you were writing a piece and you had a character who was frustrated and upset and sort of all over the place and didn't know which way to turn or which way to go, any which way but loose, the wind could play a role in that piece. Um, so if you were writing a poem and this persona was just 
aggravated. The wind could actually, if you pulled the wind into that, the wind could actually add to the aggravation of the persona of the poem. And that would help create the tone and the mood and pull in personification. And so you would have this really rich experience for your reader and they would feel that gloominess, frustration, sadness. And so um, I'm pulling on, on Dylan's weather in his world to be like, oh, you could do this with this thing that's happening in your life. Um, mood um, can also be created through a sense of specific words or phrases. For example, um, words such as melancholy or gloomy or desolate can create a mood of sadness or despair. On the opposite side, a writer, a writer can use words such as lively, joyful, optimistic, and that can create a mood of happiness or positivity. These are both essential literary devices um, that can impact the effectiveness of the literary work. So when you're thinking about mood and tone, and when I was a teacher before, I used to tell this story. So if you'll indulge me a little bit, I want to tell the story and set the scene a little bit. So, and it really shows how mood can be disrupted if a writer utilizes something outside um, what is expected. And so let's see, there's this man and this woman, they're getting ready, the man is getting ready to create a romantic dinner for this woman. And he decides that he's going to have it on the top of a roof um, where there's no wind. And he's put out candles and he has a beautiful table covered with a linen tablecloth and he's got linen napkins and and the food has been catered and there's even someone in the corner playing violin and it's it's a beautiful night. So the stars are sprinkling down and the candles are burning nice and and his um lover, his woman friend, his person, his wife, his partner comes to the dinner and she sits down and she sees all of these amazing things. She sees the candles and she hears the lovely music and she looks down and the plate is gleaming and the food smells so good. And she reaches for her napkin and puts it in her lap and reaches for her fork. And it's a plastic fork. Huh. Well, that's a little odd because it doesn't necessarily go with the mood or the tone of the evening. And so writers can utilize that in one way. One, they can have everything line up and make it all go smoothly if they're really wanting that mood to be shown. Or they can use that plastic fork for a particular reason. And sometimes that plastic fork can be very powerful. So that plastic fork can be jarring to the reader, but maybe that's because the writer really wants the reader to notice something or pick up something different or understand what the writer is trying to say in a particular way. And so mood can, it can all flow and be romantic and full and rich like the scene I was describing, or you can have a plastic fork. And sometimes that plastic fork can be very powerful. And so don't discount the the jarring feature or, or the piece that you're wanting to convey. Yes, yes, odd writings, please jump in. So this, this makes me think about um, 
how the mood and tone may change over time. It, it, just now, when you when you mentioned the plastic fork, from my understanding, when plastic was first becoming, I don't want to say popular, but it, when it was new, it was considered to be wow, you know, look this this is just new this this new thing is plastic, you know. So and uh, so if if you were to have a dinner and you know plastic was some new uh, a new technology i would i would think that a dinner with a plastic fork might at the t- it might kind of set uh, uh, a sense of you know oh this this person is on the cutting edge you know that the reader may get that if they were reading it at that point in time but then 60 years later 70 years later when everything is made out of plastic and we consider it cheap then if we were to read it it would it would set a different uh a different mood i guess or time. i'm trying to remember which one you said was the author and which one was the the reader i think mood was the, the yeah. reader uh, but that makes me that makes me wonder if, if it, how the interpretation of a work can change over 50 or 60 years based on different conceptions of you know of well, plastic, for example. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yes, I definitely agree. You know, that's where the connotation and denotation of a word um, connotation is the societal society's accepted definition of a word. And then denotation is like the dictionary definition. And so that's just exactly what you were saying. Like maybe a particular moment in time, plastic was seen as, oh, my goodness, that's amazing. Only rich people have plastic. Um, But then as time goes by, it it evolves to being this cheap piece of something or other. And I have no idea. I don't know the, the, the background of plastic or how that was seen. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's a very good point to bring up and a good way to remember tone versus mood attitude of the author um, attitude and author have a lot of T's in them. And so then that equates to tone and then mood, setting the mood, how somebody feels that's for the reader. And so you're exactly right. You're exactly right. And so we have a couple of people joining us. I see some new people here in the audience and I want to say welcome. And I want to send out some invitations to you. You never have to come up and speak, but I always want to invite. And so please feel free if you have something that you would like to add. Today we are talking about tone and mood. And this is the Roving with Rihanna show. So if you're listening now or in the future, you can definitely um interact this way in the future. So please, you're always welcome. Yes, odd writings. Um, yeah, another, another thing about uh, the, 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 uh, the, rel- the relevance of, 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 uh, of these topics over, over time, I can see the same thing happening over, over space, meaning, meaning culturally defined uh, ideas. Earlier, Epic Dylan was talking about the wind. It was really, really windy. And and uh, Riona, you suggested, oh, you know, it's frustration. And I was thinking of the word kamikaze because in uh, in Japan it means holy wind or something along those lines. And so uh, the idea of wind for a Japanese reader, um, I'm thinking they're going to automatically have connotations of, of of a more supernatural kind of a had have a different you know have a different slant on it based on their cultural ideas behind those particular words. So this is kind of interesting because uh, it seems that there's, there's going to be some assumptions that are made between the writer and the reader. Uh, and 
if they belong to different cultures, that's going to change things. Maybe good, maybe bad, but it, but in any case, there's there's a there's a little bit of nuance there. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I'm going to um, invite Dylan to speak since I used you as an example. Do you want to jump in and give your thoughts on on tone and mood? All right. Yeah, I got rugged a second ago and I guess nothing's quite right now ever since. But um, I guess it's good that you can hear yes. me. So uh, what I was trying to say was that the, uh, the, the wind here in West Texas is a thing that I've recently tried to write about for the first time in a special sci-fi novella that should be coming out soon. So I'm very excited about that. And, and I think that um, to, to some extent, the, the reason that I don't usually use the wind is because like geographically, you have to have a pretty peculiar scenario. I, I, I liked what Odd Writings was saying about the, the Japanese word for it. And, and there was a piece from the Spanish culture I, I don't remember the, the name of the uh, the area, but it was like on PBS, you know, and, and it was just all these stories about how the wind drives people crazy and stuff, <laughs> um, which, which, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with, you know, that actually sounds kind of right to me. So, so that kind of stuck, you know, and I've, I've carried it with me for a few years now um, after having seen that lovely little bit of, uh, of information. But, but, but I will say that, um, yeah, it's, it's very important when you're writing a story to set the correct tone, because I mean, everything from your jokes going flat, uh, you know, because the tone isn't quite right for them, uh, you know, to like something that's like sort of educational, not being like as educational as it otherwise could be, you know, I mean, it it just, it absolutely does impact everything. I, I love this. Yes, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And I know, I think I know the piece that you're talking about where, uh, the wind causes a sense of lunacy in people. And so, yes, yes. And, and um, I think that wind is such a powerful, it's such a powerful natural event. And so it's, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm, I'm excited if you do decide to write something. And so I want to pause and reset the room a little bit and um, invite people who, um, Dylan and Odd Writings, and then I see that we've got some other speakers joining us to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and how we can find you, how we can follow you, what you do, what you're part of, so that the writers here in this Web3 space have an opportunity to connect with each other, because that's a that's an important piece to me. And so, Dylan, since you were just talking and we know your microphone works, how about you go first, talk about, um, introduce yourself, how we could find you, what projects you've got going, what big thing you have in your life? All right, sure. Um, well, yeah, for, for those who uh, aren't familiar with me, my name is Dylan. I go by Epic Dylan Online because I picked that as a game handle years and years ago. And... Um, how can I make this concise? I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, there, there's a lot going on in my world. I, I have uh, I have been part of the page now since it started, um, and and was part of the force behind starting it in the first place. And and the page now is really important to me because for for years I've been kind of trying to break through and like find my way as like a professional writer and with, with basically no success. So I'm kind of like this. Uh, I don't know, this guy who just doesn't give up even when the world tries to tell him no, you know, <laughs> and, and so it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know, there's like these, these kind of, I don't know, uh, hills and valleys, you might say, it's like a sine wave, you know, as, as life goes on, and 
you know, we, we get closer with some things and further away with some things. And so there's just, um, I, I don't know, there, there's a, there's really a lot of richness and kind of uh, variance to the experiences that we can have here in Web3. And, and so really and truly, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to kind of be here going through it all, even though, you know, sometimes wind is the appropriate metaphor uh, to bring up when talking about it. Um, you can find my work at dylan.scent.co. Um, I, I've published, uh, I guess, seven books over the course of my life. And I, I have a number of, uh, of NFTs that are available on, on OpenSea, ranging from books to essays. Uh, I very much do appreciate it when, when people you know, choose to support me a little bit by picking one of those up. It just really means the world to me, folks. Um, it's hard to say, but um, you know, I haven't really had just a ton of popular support for my writing in my life. I'm an academic philosopher, <laughs> and, and so I, I guess in in some sense, uh, you know, some of my work is a little difficult to connect with. So I'm really glad when when people do, you know, manage to uh, make that happen. Um, I, I think I said everything I needed to say, Rihanna. How was that for an excellent, excellent? And you're very, you are very modest. You are a beautiful writer. You're an excellent writer, and he's the founder of Page Dow, folks. And so, if you have an opportunity to jump over and and uh, join the the Page Dow Discord, please do. It's a wonderful place. It's my family. It's my home away from home. And so, yes, please jump in there, and you'll be welcomed with open arms. And so Odd Writings, yes, please go ahead, jump in and, and introduce yourself and talk about your work and where we can find you. Uh, well, well, just real quick, I, I, uh, uh, I have a background in software development, uh, but I've written, uh, so I, I did that professionally for many years, and I guess technically I'm still doing it. But I say technically because I'm spending a lot more time now writing poems. Uh, and uh, I've, I've written poems all my life, but just very, very informally. And I started to self-publish books about 2020 and uh, actually maybe a little before that, just 2019. Uh, and uh, the poems that I like to write are, are based on constrained writing. So I like to do, uh, I like to write poems that, that are sort of like puzzles. Like one of my, like what I, what I like to try to do, particularly palindrome uh, poems, uh, word unit palindrome poems. I, I, like, I like things that are, that are difficult but that, but still, uh, hope you know, somewhat enjoyable for for people to read. Uh, uh, I I have I mean I don't have any particular I have I have small projects that I do week by week, uh, and uh, I guess well you can you can find me here on Twitter. Uh, I have uh, my website is oddwritings.com, and uh, basically I'm just kind of having fun. <laughs> Well, I love that so much. And you are an excellent writer. And I love it when you have an opportunity to read your work out loud because it's so powerful. And so I'm, al I'm always so pleased when I see you pop up in the space. Thank you so much. And let's see, I'm just going to go down the line about it looks like the line for me here. And so we have Emmanuel here. So hello, hello, you made it. Yay, I'm so glad. Welcome. Oh, hello. Nice to be here with all, all the writers on the Web3. Yeah. Actually, I'm starting to, to write in Portuguese because I'm a psychologist. And, and right now I have my first book being launched, but it's in Portuguese. And it's kind of a trick thing to me to write in English because I have my poems and other works that I start to write in English. And right now I'm 
start to translate my old Portuguese material to English. And I hope that gonna make me find other people to read and kind of that's it. <laughs> I don't know how much talking. No, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. And um, so you are a Portuguese writer and you've written a book. Yes, I'm from Brazil actually. So yeah, I have a lot of things writing in Portuguese, but more technical stuff because I am a psychologist right. and I spend a lot of my formation on the university and after that writing psychology stuff and going to more philosophical places and in the last year I start to dedicate more time to my fictional writing. That's what I'm trying to do now. And I actually I like it, you know, the the results I I trying to make, but that it's a challenge to to write in English because for me Portuguese is my first language and I and I can go and, and use sounds and make uh, poems and fictional things use my philosophical background and to put this in English is is a challenge because it's it, it's not so easy to translate so I'm trying to actually write in English. So that's that thing I, I'm doing right now. And in this boundary between Portuguese and English, and try to do the both things. But I treat these like a, two different works. My Portuguese works are, are one thing, and my English works are another. And now I'm trying to blend them together and show the on the web tree well, wow welcome welcome now ha have you been over to page dow dylan why don't you why don't you pin um Not something yet. up uh, about page dow so that um the writers here in the space can come visit with us and over there um because we may have a, a home for you we may have a place for you we may we we can definitely help you with all of those things and so welcome so much i'm so glad that you're here oh that's nice yeah that's nice. yeah thank you and so then let's see lindsay bryant you're next on my list here uh lindsay do you want to jump in and introduce yourself and talk about what what writing work you've got going on sure first of all um apologies for interrupting earlier i've never participated in one of these spaces before so i'm a little bit clunky with it um, I'd say I'm probably a little bit clunky with writing altogether. Um, I am, it's funny we're talking about wind, I'm currently driving through um, a field in Kansas with a bunch of wind, uh, windmills in it. Um, I am right now uh, an over-the-road truck driver. Um, and I like to say this is a new adventure for me. I've been doing it for coming on almost two years now and I'm coming to a close with it. But I left my lifestyle in corporate America. Um, I did corporate pharmaceutical sales, corporate media sales. So basically from one big evil to the next. Um, and then I ended up as an over-the-road truck driver with my wife and dog as a pause and a cadence in life. And um, it's been a, a beautiful, transformative experience for me, which leaves me with 11 hours a day to stare out the window and daydream. And um, with all of that introspection, 
and life changing and turning 40, just kind of at this pivotal uh, event threshold in my life. Um, upon an influence from therapy, <laughs> um, my therapist is a beautiful poet, um, and she kind of um, inspired me to write poetry as sort of like a prayer or meditation. Um, I have a lot of space these days to think about words. Um, and so I, just about a month ago or two months, I started submitting some po poetry uh, through Submittable, you know, s sending it out and see what happens. I, I got one acceptance from a literary arts magazine for high schoolers in Chicago, which is awesome. You know, I think it's amazing when you throw something out there and it, it connects with someone. I, I love that, like, some youth beautiful youth minds picked it up and who knows I've sent out some more stuff it's just really um, for me it's a um, it is uh, what's the word almost self-care practice um, I just wanted to say quickly to Emmanuel when you talk about translation and I popped in towards the latter half of your discussion I think on tone and mood but when you guys were talking about um, how they have sort of like a, a not only a cultural sort of snapshot and perspective um, and it's kind of it's a marrying between the reader and where they're from and what generation what time what pattern in their life they're part of and also the author I think it's very interesting how that informs particularly in a translative work across cultures I, one of the things I listened to um, Ocean Vaughn talks uh, beautifully about sort of the culture of our language it, the culture of our society reflected in language and one of the things he talks about is how here in this country in the United States we have a culture where in order to celebrate ourselves we use a lexicon of disappearing almost like a violence conquering like you slayed it you murdered it you killed it um, you, you hit that um, I don't know I think that's interesting to look at particularly maybe across cultures how that can be reflected in, in the language when you're translating a piece but Anyway, um, that's probably enough for me. Thanks for letting me listen in on this space. It's been nice while I'm driving. Yes, of course. Yes, you're always welcome. And congratulations on your new poetry being accepted for publication. That is wonderful. That is wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I know I'm just a little baby in the space, but yeah, thank you. Well, please uh, feel free to follow um, Epic Dylan and me and future Adora here has joined us and um, odd writings and Emmanuel, all of us here, we, we really want to help and, and, and um, encourage and cheer for each other. And so that's just wonderful. So congratulations. And um, so future Adora, hello, my friend. Hello. Hello. It's so good to see you. So what we're doing right now is we're making introductions. We're introducing ourselves and talking about the work that we're currently working on and where we can find and follow you and support you and cheer for you. And then we'll get back to talking about tone and mood a little bit more. Awesome. It's been a while, I feel like. So nice to hear your voice again. I know. Um, well, my name is Future Adora. I am a poet um, in real life and in on the blockchain. Um, currently, I have 
two projects um, on Shia blockchain and getting ready to release a third one. Um, and also working on a like wearable with my poetry. So a lot of amazing things happening and exciting and working with a lot of people also to turn this into real form um, things because I don't do um, digital fashion. I've done fashion, but not digitally. So working with a lot of amazing creators to um yeah bring it to life and super grateful for this space and meeting people and amplifying each other with different skill sets so that's what i'm that doing that is amazing congratulations i'm so excited now everyone here who has um introduced yourself and even if you are a listener please put a comment in the in the comments um and if you have introduced yourself i think you're a speaker i think you can pin a tweet up above so please feel free um to pin your most recent work pin information about where you are or what you're working on or what you're excited about in your writing life and so i want to um send out a couple more invitations we've got some other people here in the space with us that they might want to to jump in and um, talk about their writing talk about their poetry and so please feel free um, to accept the invitation only if you want to it's it's by invitation only if you are if you are comfortable doing so but i also want to talk to you about a gift that i have put together for you uh, it's a gift to my uh, guests here on the roving with rihanna show whether or not you're listening now or whether you're listening in the future i've created a soul bound nft for you as a gift and so what that means is that that soul bound nft belongs just to you and it's sort of proof of attendance for coming here and i'm thinking in the back of my mind what can we do um for our uh, soulbound NFT holders um, as further gifts down the line. So there are more things coming. And so if you want to go, I've I've pinned that up in the tweet, up in the in the top up here. If you want to um, now or when the show is over, um, go access that link there at Quest Chains. Click through, and all you need to do um, to participate is enter a secret word and the secret word for today is hope h-o-p-e hope because honestly there's been a lot of crazy things going on in the space with open sea and the place in the world and turkey is still having a really hard time and you know, it seems like uh, every day that there's someone who just is facing an incredible struggle or an incredible hardship or is standing in the wind a big time. And I just want them to know um, that they are loved and that they are cared for. And so that also comes <laughs> with being a, a roving with Brianna uh, guest is that I tell you that I love you <laughs> because you are important and I'm so pleased and happy that you are here um, with me today. So I'm going to jump back in and talk a little bit more about tone and mood really quick. So just to recap, because we've got some new people who've come to visit, 
tone is a literary element or a literary device that refers to the attitude or emotion that the writer conveys through their writing. So it's the attitude of the author towards what they are writing. And mood refers to the atmosphere that the writer creates for the reader. So mood is really what the reader feels. And so I want to take a little bit of time here and celebrate a great, great writer named Langston Hughes. He was uh, an American poet, a novelist, a social activist, who was an important figure in the Harlem Renaissance. Throughout his career, he used tone and mood to convey his ideas and emotions, particularly in regard to the experiences of African Americans in the United States. And so there's one particular poem that I absolutely love of his, and it is called Harlem. And in it, he uses words like dries up like a raisin in the sun. And it's used to create this mournful, almost angry tone. And it creates a mood of sadness in the reader. And so I, it's not a very long poem, but I want to read it because I really feel like it speaks to a lot of us on a lot of levels. And so this is Harlem by Langston Hughes. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust over, crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? That those words that strung together in there what happens to a dream deferred does it dry up like a raisin in the sun um i just really feel like it's such a powerful a powerful sense of melancholy and sadness and it's just this heavy heavy weight and then the last line is interesting to me because it feels like the whole poem itself is weighted down but then there's a piece, or does it explode? That is not a weighing down. That is a shooting out. And so I often feel like that even though the whole poem, the mood of it is so sad and so pulling down that the exploding is, you know what? I'm not going to let that happen. I am going to explode. I am going to. So I like to, because I am a hopeless romantic, I like to interpret the explode as even though all of these things are happening to me, even though this is so pulling down on me, I'm not going to let it. I'm going to explode and I'm going to win and I'm going to make it work. And I'm not going to, to falter under the weight of all of this not working. And so I just feel like that, that um, the way the space is currently, the way the world is currently, there's so many things that can just weigh us down. But maybe it's okay if we explode a little bit <laughs> and not let it. 
And I definitely want to be part of the not let it. I want to cheer and care for and help people have the things that they're dreaming about be achieved. And so, yes, odd writings, please. And then Lindsay, let's jump in. Um, I wanted to I wanted to add that what, what struck me was the fact that explode was the very last line. I mean, rather the last yeah. word, uh, you know, because it's it sort of it ends right there. And it made me feel as if, you know, maybe explode, maybe that might be the end and not not so much that, you know, this will fix things. It's like maybe this will be the end. So that's that's kind of what I what I saw. Yes. And and that is definitely very true. A lot of people see it that way. And just my own heart and my own world. I'm just like, no, I'm not going to I'm not going to fall under all of this. I'm not going to falter under the weight of this. I am. (laughs) And so, you know, maybe I'm a little stubborn, too. And but I am also hopeless, hopeless, uh, hopeless romantic. And so that's why today's secret word is hope, because. I just want to just want to get beyond that struggle. Yes, Lindsay, please jump in. Oh, thank you. This is actually like um, a little synchronicity for me. I've been writing and sort of really focusing on this concept of uh, stars. <laughs> I, I see them on my windshield all the time. I've seen a lot of fallen stars, shooting stars lately. And when you think about a dream, it makes me think it's a wish that you you know, you put on a star and sometimes, you know, maybe the weight of that wish being too very weighted, right? And, and the star can hold up under that. And that's what, you know, sort of makes it shoot across the spot in the sky, not to get too um, whimsical. But if, when I really got into like the physics of, you know, creation, that energy of creation that is riding, that is something that we all love, that is hope, that is a dream. Um, the way that our, yeah, that everything in our universe, we touch, feel, breathe, everything was formed from the same matter as the, as the sky, as the stars. So what happens is, you know, there's these clouds of elements and then they get pulled into one single point, right? And as they get pulled into this one single point, it does in fact collapse under the weight of its own gravity. But in that, we have an explosion. And so in that fall, is what explodes and we get new fragments for creation and this then forms new stars element you know it, it forms new solar systems this is i think it made me think of an orgasm it's like the, the movement of creative energy and maybe this is the movement of a dream that you just get so weighted and heavy in on itself that it collapses and you know what we see in the stars and what prevent like um gives us that feeling of awe is that they do burn you know um through the night sky but yeah no right right and i think you bring up a really good point Lindsay, about how explosion is also a creation and so from that explosion there is also a, a moment of creation right beyond that and so you know if we want to talk about physics and i'm not a scientist but you know the 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 energy or the the matter or whatever it just transforms to something else it isn't it doesn't stay static it doesn't stay so explosion it creates something else whether it's a powder or a fragment or something like that it's still there it's just more yeah. absolutely i think that's the beauty of being an artist um and anything that we do specifically writing or anything that we do 
is that it's all made up of the same stuff. It's when we are willing to break apart, let, you know, kind of collapse under the weight of it is when we get these new fragments that we can create a new lexicon for our experience, for our relating to one another, for what language is, for how we use it. Um, so sometimes I think um, it is a gateway, you know, this collapsing is a, is a threshold into um, redefining and, and having some more creative control over your expression. Right, right. Right. Well, this also brings me to the other poem that I wanted to share. And it's also by a lovely, a wonderful African-American woman named Maya Angelou. And she is an American poet, author, civil rights activist also. And she's known for her powerful and inspiring poetry. Throughout her career, Angelou used tone and mood to convey a range of emotions and experiences related to African-American identity, women's rights, and social justice issues. And so this poem is a little longer than um, Harlem by Langston Hughes, but I thought that I would read, I, I thought that I would read it. We've got time, right? Yeah, thumbs up. We've got time. We can listen. And her poem is entitled Caged Bird. So this is Caged Bird by Maya Angelou. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream till the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped, his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, and the trade winds of soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn, and he names the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams. His shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied. So he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful trill of things unknown, but longed for still. And his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. And that poem creates such mood of anguish and sadness for me as the reader. But it also emotes a sense of hope that even though we may be tied down to the struggles or the sadness or the weight, like what was referenced in Harlem by Langston Hughes. We all have those weights in our own world and they're all different for each of us. But the, and maybe the only thing that we can do is sing. Maybe the only thing we can do is write. Maybe the only thing we can do is create. 
maybe the only thing we can do is hope. And so the, uh, which is why it goes back to our secret word today of hope. And so if you have thoughts on caged bird, please jump in. I would love to hear them. I just had a quick yes. thought. Um, just we are talking about also like tone and yes. mood. I find it very interesting when like I've heard her say the piece and then I heard you say the piece, how different you hear it when somebody else reads, you know, your poem yes. or not. So I find tone and mood so important also for the speaker and who's delivering it that it changes the whole way the listener is receiving it. So. Yes, I so I yes yes I have heard her speak it also, it, and I in no way <laughs> did it justice like she does. It's beautiful and tear you know pulls your tears and and yes yes I agree I agree. Thank you. Odd writings, yes please. Yeah, uh, I agree totally with what Future Dora said. Uh, it's it and it makes me it makes me realize that. Uh, you know, tone and mood, besides being conveyed through words, it can also be conveyed, I think, through the way that those words are spoken. Like, for example, I've, I've heard a lot of uh, analyses of poems where they, they you know, the, the, the analyzer will look at the poem and they'll note something like, for example, this, this sentence, every, every single word in this particular sentence is made out of one syllable only. So bump, 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 or, or, or uh, you know, bump, 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 bump. So, so just the fact of the, 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 the length of the word and the, that, that could affect the, 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 the tone. Like it could, it could seem like something, depending on how it's read out aloud, it could be like a, a da, 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 it's like a, a rat-a-tat kind of thing. Um, or it could be plotting like, like a march. And so those, both of those kind of things, I, I would consider that to be, uh, a mood it, do you do we only think, think do you think maybe that i do yes 100 percent. i do 100 percent. and in fact i almost thought oh gosh we should do metered poem first metered poetry first before we get into tone and mood but tone and mood they're in everything all the time but yes if you have short choppy or a single word with a period single word with a period single word with an exclamation point that then shows tells the reader this is how you read this, or this is what you're doing. And so, yes, that has a huge impact on tone and mood. Huge impact. Yes, definitely. Yes, Lindsay, please jump in. I thought it was interesting how, um, you know, we talk about tone and mood, how it's both triumphant and also um, anguishing, kind of in the same um, breath. Like, it, it did make me think of opposite wings of the same bird, right, um, which sort of brought the image, image, imagery of the poem itself, and it just made me think about how I can't think of any great triumph of humanity that isn't in direct, um, in the face of suffering, you know, oh. I thought it was interesting how there was space for both um, within the, within the, within the, within the right, right, right. Yes, I, I, I love that poem. It's one of my absolute favorites um, because of the juxtaposition between the free bird and the caged bird and how the free bird 
almost takes for granted the freedom and the cage bird. That's all the cage bird sees, thinks of things, you know. And so it's just, it's a beautiful juxtaposition because the one is free and doesn't sing of free and the other does sing of freedom. And so I just... I, I I love that poem for so many so so many reasons so many reasons. It also made me think of I can't remember who it was, but um, the listener in here that talked about he liked doing poems that were um, confining, you know, as a challenge in the way that he does it, and it made me think about like the creative process. You know, sometimes restraint produces, you know, a triumphant product, like a more emoting or singing. Right, 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 right. So I'm going to, I'm going to take one moment here and reset the room a little bit and, and let everybody know um, that this is Roving with Rihanna, the craft of writing. And every week we meet uh, Tuesdays at three o'clock Eastern time. And everyone is always welcome. This is sort of the pattern that we do. We learn and talk about um, one literary element or a couple of literary elements, depending on the on the moment. And then we talk about our writing and we talk about how we maybe utilize tone and mood. And if we have a lot of time, we invite writers to to jump in and read their own works. And so I've not given an opportunity to do that today. Not yet. And I want to, but I want to read a short a short poem um, by a person who is a Web3 writer who's published on the blockchain, published through object.com. And I want to just give um, a little bit of a little note about who this writer is. Um, Angad, A-N-G-A-D. And he wrote, or they wrote, pardon me, they wrote, we are artists and i feel like this is a lovely a lovely tone a lovely mood that also um aligns with our theme of hope for today so this is we are artists we are artists we sow seeds of change that can topple civilizations art is the language of revolution of evolution to a better way. Imagination brings the winds of change. So have your say. Let's pave the way to a better day. Beautiful. Yes. Yes. And so I collected that on object.com. And um, his name or their name is Angad. A-N-G-A-D is the creator. And I will... um, I'll give them, I'll give them a shout out later, later um, through my Twitter profile. So you can jump in and follow them. And, and they have a lot of wonderful, a lot of wonderful poetry. So what I want to do here towards the end is just remind you as a gift to my guests, guests for the Roving with Rihanna show, I've created a soul bound NFT. It's in, it's pinned up top. You can click on that and follow through the process to um, mint your soul bound NFT. Today's I think is particularly pretty. And 
Um, we've got some other listeners here in the audience, and but I want to give our speakers an opportunity to, if you have a poem that you would like to read, I we would love to hear it. We would love to hear it. Did I lose everybody? Odd speaker, do you have something? <laughs> I uh, I don't have anything new for this week. Actually, the, the the most recent one was the same one that I read last week. So I, I kind of, I don't know about, I don't want to read oh, it twice. Sure. Yes, yes, sure. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Um, Dylan, do you have one? Future Adora? Emmanuel, do you have a little snippet of a poem or? I do. I'm just figuring out which one to, um, to, to oh. read. I ha I had my book in my bag, but I gave it to somebody today. So give me no a worries. No worries. No worries at all. No worries at all. I could actually, I could actually read a really small okay. one that I, this this is a, a really small one i wrote it like years and years and years okay. ago okay so this, it has no title it goes like this i once had a flamingo named placido domingo and, it, and that's it I, I i didn't go any any further than that. <laughs> i like it <laughs> so i think the tone and mood of that is is for for me the mood for that is um humorous it's clever i like it I like it. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's. I believe it's somewhat incomplete. Well, me knowing you, it is incomplete because I know that you've got more in there to to put down. But um, it's also funny. It's also very cl clever. Like you could make a meme out of that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, please, Emmanuel. Please jump in. So I have something. The name of this poem is Escrever. Escrever is a Portuguese word for writing. Yes. Writing, yes. And uh, so here we go. Uh, broken by sharp insights, keeping apart by intense emotion, torn by intrusive feelings, turning words into lines with cutting words, pointed adjectives, Suttering the woods, crafting a mask, serve it to the reader on a logical train, allowing the audacity to see all the woes, simulations and potencies, hybriding mythoses of code and reality, emphatic incorporeal verbs, bring the words to life. That's wow. it. I love it. That is beautiful. So, so this one is actually kind of, I call this variation. It, I use this uh, concept from the, from the music because I don't think it's possible to translate a poem. So I have this Portuguese poem, the same title, Escrever. Then I try to put other uh, on the same mood with a different tone and pass this to English. And then it's not, uh, it's not a translation, it's a variation. More like a music, something like uh, between a music and a poem. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's beautiful. And I love that it has a partner poem also in Portuguese. That's beautiful. Yes, if you, the, both the English and the Portuguese version 
around my object profile. Yes. Wonderful. I love the new words, crafting, seeing other worlds. Beautiful. Beautiful turns yeah, yeah. of phrase. Good job, Emmanuel. Good job. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so future Adora. Yes, please. Um, so I picked this poem because um, we're talking about tone and yes. mood. <laughs> In this poem, it's, I don't know how you would describe it. I didn't go to literature school, but <laughs> I'm sure there's a word for the way this poem is written. It's basically um, a narrative. So they're quotation of a man and a woman talking back, like back sure. and forth. So my, I guess my tone and the mood changes quite often when I deliver nice. this one. So here we go. It's called He Drinks. I deserve more, said the wife to his life as he grabbed the knife. Keep going, I just might, tired of being a knight, saving you under my moonlight every night this fight. Moonlight, I just might, wife replied, as she grabbed the alcohol, poured it all over the floor. Light it up so we can both die, tired of all of our lies, said the madman. You think you're a made man, you're just a caveman, collecting stones, women bones, please don't come back home. She starts to light her cigarettes, hair falls as she removes her barrettes. I'm a moon man, not a caveman. I can see your light. I become a blind man. Can't you see I belong in your sea? I'm blinded by my light. I can see I'm too bright. Hair becomes sun rays just to light up your days. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, he thinks. As he begins to hold her, he drinks. End poem. Oh my goodness. Oh, is that some place where we can collect that? Um, I published it myself and yeah, it's not <laughs> it's actually came with an NFP that I recently yeah. sold on the oh, blockchain. Wonderful, yeah. wonderful. Because I would love to see it printed because the alternating back and forth would be really powerful to be able to see it. And that sound that he drinks that's powerful that's powerful thank that's you powerful. i'll take a picture and yes, send please. you this uh, this poem yeah yes <laughs> that would be wonderful that would be wonderful and and so then um that also comes to to the the offer that i have for everyone who is part of this group if you ever want uh somebody to read through it or if you ever want someone to to talk to you about and you're like oh how how i i'm searching for this kind of mood or i'm searching for this kind of kind of personification use or symbolism or whatever it is you know if you're like oh rihanna would you just read this to me read this for me and let me know please don't hesitate send it to me in a dm send me a link i would love to read it i would love to cheer with you and if you have a new mint out there please let me know because um you're my people and i want to cheer for for you and help you and and rising tides raises all boats and so i want everybody to be successful and happy and found their home and find their people and and so just know that that i i want 
I want to cheer for you too. I want to cheer for you too. So this has been the most lovely, lovely time. I've had a wonderful, wonderful time with all of you. And so um, thank you so much. Does anyone have any parting words? Thank you for holding this space. Oh, you're so welcome, Future Adora. Thank you. Thank you. I love spending so much time with all of you and talking about writing. And so remember, your secret word for today is hope. So much love, everyone, and happy writing out there. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Roving with Briona, The Craft of Writing, Tone and Mood. Recorded on Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit, like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls, handing reports in. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch Over shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Spaces.